You are listening to sermon audio from Grace Community Church of Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to connect, visit us online at gracecc.net. We're not against one another. Some people are competitive, but I'm in it just for myself to encourage others, to encourage those around me, and to accomplish something that I set out to do. So when I finally run that race, I have so much adrenaline, so much energy, so much excitement that when I finally get to the finish line, I can't believe it's over. And then I think, I did it. I ran the race. Well, it's so glad that you are here this morning. So good to see you. We are in the second week of a three-part series on running the race. If you missed last week, it was a focus on our global missions and how God has called us to take his word, his gospel, his good news to all parts of the earth. And we were celebrating the global impact we have. And today, we'll look more at the the local impact, the, the impact we have here in the community. And it's great to see all of you. It's sunny outside, probably our fourth day of the year where we're gonna have 80 degree weather and then it's rain again and you're here. So pray for our pagan friends who were not here, who should be here, but we're gracious. We're Grace Community Church. You get one Sunday to be gone all year because we like you and we like having you around, but it's great to see all of you here this morning. So this morning, we really take some time to just pause and kind of collectively catch our breath and and savor and celebrate some of what God has been doing, especially this last year. If you're like me, I'm, I, I'm usually focused on the future and I'm striving and I've got my to-do list and I've got to get these things done. And one of those things I continue to learn in my life is to just pause and party a little bit, celebrate a little bit, be thankful for what God has done and kind of savor and let it soak in. And that's what this morning is devoted really to, to be about. But as I was preparing for this morning, I was reminded of a conversation I had just really recently with a friend. He was talking to a friend, and this friend was really being very open and honest with him and was saying, you know, I've been involved in church and in and out of church my whole life. What's the point? What is the point of church? Why does it matter? what, What really is the church about? And that's a legitimate question. If we're going to stop and celebrate being the church and doing church, if you want to phrase it like that, what in the world are we celebrating? I mean, we need to take a step back and look once again at what is our purpose? Why do we do what we do? Why are we gathered together as this entity called the church? And Jesus speaks to this on a number of occasions and he speaks very powerful to it, very powerfully to it, right before he ascends to heaven. The last recorded words we have of Jesus before he went to heaven answers the question of church. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus tells us why we are to be doing what we're doing, why we are to be the church, and really what being the church is all about. So let me read this to you. If you have a Bible, turn it on. If you have a tablet or phone, or take it out and look at it. If you have a hard copy Bible, we'll put it up here on the screen. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. This is where we'll land this week and next week. Then Jesus came to them and said, 
All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Did you see our purpose? Because it's there. It's on this slide. There is a verb and there is a noun for those of you who love grammar. And they are connected. This is what we are to be about. Making disciples. That is at the heart of those verses we just read. Why are we here? What are we to be about? Making Jesus followers. That's what disciple means is follower. Making Jesus followers. Introducing people to Jesus. This is a radical shift from where we all start out. If you were with us last week, Carl Schumacher, who was our speaker and is one of our global missionaries for Global Mission Sunday last week, reminded us that we are called to a new mission. Last week was really all about living a life on purpose, living a missional life. My mission, your mission, if you are a disciple, if you are a Jesus follower, is not to make yourself as comfortable as possible. It's not to get as much stuff as you can. It's not to have as much money as you can. It's not to have the absolute best career that you can. It's not to someday live for retirement and that's your end goal is I'm gonna focus everything until someday I can retire, do what I want, however I want. All those things have their place, but those are not your focus. Those are not the focal point of your life if you are following Jesus. Your mission is to make disciples. That is what we are called to do because this world is broken. Have you read the news lately? It's not a hard sell, right? It is reality. Our world is broken and we all start out in the same place, broken. And God is on this divine rescue mission called redemption where he is gonna repair and restore and renew and return everything to the way he always intended it to be. Right relationship with him, right relationship with others, right relationship with self, right relationship with land. The Bible calls this shalom, the way God always intended things to be. Our mission is to join God in this redemptive, reparative work. Wherever there is brokenness, we join his work in repairing and redeeming and restoring and renewing that, and it starts with people. That's what our mission is, is to introduce people to Jesus and to make disciples for him. So whatever stage of life you are in, whatever roles you are living out, this applies to you. Do you remember the illustration of the rope last week with Carl? Many of you said, boy, that was such a practical, tangible illustration of a little piece of that rope, the orange part of the rope, which kind of represents your life in the scope of time and then the rope that flows out of that. It matters how you live your life. You, you are called to mission. You have a new mission if you know Jesus. But you also have a new community if you know Jesus. All the language in this passage is plural. This is second person plural, which means all of you. If you're from the southern part of our country, it's all y'all. All y'all, 
make disciples. Which means then, tangibly, practically, when Jesus says, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age, it does mean that when you go from here, if you know Jesus, he goes with you to work, he goes with you to school, he goes with you to home, he goes with you when you step outside the walls of this place. But really, practically, what this means is that he's with us as a church family. This is really written to us as an entity. We are a new community. You have a whole new family when you become a Jesus follower. Some of you are our guests. You're traveling because it's a holiday weekend. You're here to visit family. I got to meet some of you. Man, welcome to Grace. Boy, you sure picked a great Sunday to show up here to be able to just celebrate and hear some of God's story of what he's doing here in Gresham. But so glad you're here. But you're family. If you know Jesus, you're family. Doesn't matter where you live. So, so welcome. But all that being said, there are negative and positive examples of this. So we'll start with a negative one. I think my wife and I, when we moved to Gresham 12 years ago, landed in the only Christian enclave in Gresham. All of our neighbors are believers. It's weird. It's, it's, it's great. But the, the first initial years we were here, we, we were praying that God would lead us to folks who don't know him so that we could you know, be, a, be a, a Christ-like influence on their lives and to hopefully introduce them to Jesus. It turns like everybody who lives around us are believers. What's wrong with you people? They know the Lord. That's great. There's nothing wrong with them. But that being said, as I was thinking about that tangibly, practically, in light of the realities we're talking about this morning as a church, there's a common denominator that runs through the lives of about half of our neighbors who know the Lord. And you know what it is? They're not part of a church family. They, they, they know the Lord. Some of them have even come to grace and they've, they've liked it. They've loved it when they've come. But for whatever reason, they haven't come back. They're busy. You know, all the, all the things that prevent people from getting into community. But you know what the other common denominator is? And this is going to sound very judgmental, but, is, but it is their self-disclosure. They said this, so that's why I'm saying it. The other common denominator with these people who aren't going to church, who know Jesus, is this. They are not growing. They are in, roughly speaking, the same place they were last year, two years ago, four years ago, six years ago, spiritually. Why? Because we discover Jesus together. You will not grow as a Jesus follower. You will not have a deeper intimacy with Christ until you discover him and experience him together with his church. That is what Jesus is saying here, is we need one another, we need to be in community. And I'm so thankful that so many of you are in community. Yes, this is a form of community for us as a church, but there are so many other forms of community for us as a church family. I want to give you just a snapshot of some because these are truly to be celebrated. A number of you are in small groups. We have over 21 different small groups that meet throughout our city um, from our church here. That's over 260 people who are in community. I've been told that we have seven folks who have stepped forward to be new community group leaders this next fall. And if those groups fill out to the size roughly that these are, that's going to be about 330 more, 330 people who are going to be in just that type of small group community here at Grace. Some of you find community through our journey program, which we run through the course of the school year. Over 424 children, well, 420, over 423 children, students, 
adults found community here at the journey this last school year, and over 84 of you served them in, in, in putting that together. There's so many other examples of community here, but that's just a couple. A, a number of you get this, and, and you understand it. But then there's also this. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that is loaded with life-changing truth. That's not just a ritual. Baptism isn't just a ritual or a tradition. It is indicative, it is representative of the reality that when you choose to follow Jesus, when you choose to become a disciple, when you receive him into your life, you change. The core of you has changed. God begins to change you from the inside out. You have a new identity and therefore you have a new empowerment. How can Jesus say, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age? Because Christianity is the only worldview that I'm aware of, the only belief system that teaches that you don't seek God, God seeks you. And when you choose to respond to him and receive him into your life, God literally comes and lives inside of you through his Holy Spirit. How can Jesus say, surely I am with you always? Because he is. God himself has come into your life. You have a new empowerment. And what is so cool about Matthew's gospel is he starts the gospel talking about the prophecies, the predictions of the Messiah, of Jesus, and when he would come. And one of the names of the Messiah was to be Emmanuel, which means God with us. And how does the chapter end? Surely I am always with you. If you know Jesus, you have a new empowerment, a new power to go along with that new mission and new community that you're now a part of to live the life God has always called you to. And yes, Jesus needs to change us, but in a sense, he doesn't need to change us. Because when you come to know him, when you receive him into your life, your greatest desire, your deepest desire is what will give you the most joy is to live life according to his terms, his way. Because that's what you were created to do. And so he is restoring you, redeeming you, and repairing you to what he always intended you to be. And so much of the Christian life isn't about doing, it's about believing. Do you believe who he says you are? Then you live that out. Simple, not easy. In no way easy. But that's how it works. So if we're going to take a step back and celebrate what God has been doing here this last year, we got to know what we're about. This is what we're about, making disciples. That is our mission. That is our focus. That's what we're empowered to do. That's what we're called as a community to do. So how do we do that? What does that really look like? Well, Jesus tells us, and he modeled it. Therefore, what? Go. This could also be translated as you are going. It assumes movement. You ever read Peanuts? The comic book, you know, the comic strip? And do you know that picture of Lucy when she's getting ready to counsel and she puts up her little sign, you know, that says the doctor's in or whatever it is? Is that what Jesus did? 
the Messiah is here. Come on, come on over. No. Jesus went to people. And he went to the wrong people, according to the religious folk of the day, the the empty religion-seeking folk. Because he went to broken people. In fact, he was with broken people so much, they called him a drunk. They called him a glutton. He drinks too much, he eats too much. Look at the people he hangs out with. Because he went to those who needed right relationship, which is all of us. All of us start out the same place. We're all broken with, without him. But he was always going. So here's a question for you. As a Jesus follower, if you know Jesus, if you were to leave your workplace, if you were to leave your school, if you were to leave the place where you spend most of your time, would anyone notice? Would the presence of Christ in you be missed by those around you? Part of the DNA of this place and what attracted my wife and I to this place some 12 years ago was that the DNA of grace has always been to go to the community. But that's, this church has always gotten that. But some years ago, as we were evaluating this mission that we're called to, we began to ask ourselves, if we corporately left the neighborhood, if we closed our doors tomorrow, would anybody notice? Some would, but we were not happy with the answer to that question. And so we very purposefully, very intentionally began to focus on going to this community in order to serve it. And that's when really the vast majority of the ministries and relationship you see with East Gresham Elementary now by way of example were developed in those, in those years. But we looked ourselves in the mirror and honestly asked ourselves, if we left, would anybody notice we were not happy with the answer that we came back with? And so I'm so thrilled to tell you that now years later, do you know what the common language we hear from folks in the community with no affiliation to grace and the common language we hear from folks who come here and check things out and then choose to land here is? This is a church that's really focused on outreach, going to the community. The language has changed because the reality has changed because that value has deepened and expanded. And there's a lot to celebrate there. You may not know it, but Jay McKinney, our worship leader, is also our resident videographer now. And he's been working the last several weeks on pulling some stories together for us, that, that example that illustrates some of the ways that we are going to this community to serve it. So you're going to hear three things, the first and see three things. The first is about FPNO, Foster Parents Night Out, which is a program we piloted with DHS this last fall, and it has sustained. You're going to hear about that. You're going to hear about our community garden, which was birthed many years ago, and how that's impacting the neighborhood. And then you're going to hear a life story from one of our brothers in Comunidad de Gracia, our fourth service. And you're going to hear how God has come to him through Grace Community Church and changed his life. So let's soak these stories in together. Linda Miyake, and we're here tonight 
with the Foster Parents Night Out Ministry, and it's a, a respite time for the foster parents primarily. It's four hours once a month, and it's an awesome time for the parents to bring all of their kids, and we minister to the kids, we feed them and play with them, and um, we're intentional with our relationships with them, and it gives the parents time to have some respite, whatever they want to do, um, and then they come back refreshed. It's an awesome time. Who here rides bikes? Me. <laughs> yeah, have we crashed our bikes before? Yeah. I'm Becky. And I'm Mark. And we're actually new to fostering. We've been fostering for a year now. This is our one year anniversary. It's been awesome for us. It's given us a weekend of freedom once a month. Not weekend, but it feels like a weekend when you're parents. Some well needed time. Yes. To and just be together. Yeah, to have time, just the two of us without kids. And it's been an awesome, huge blessing for us. We've always got some sort of event for the kids, and you know, our bio kids love it too. And they just they're always asking, When's the next foster night out? Yeah, that's they true. Our kids beg for foster parent night out, and they can't wait. That's awesome. Love so, it. thank you for sponsoring it. run the Hogan Road Community Garden. All the cool people hang out in the garden. I'd say my top highlight from last year is being a gateway to grace. Building community where members feel part of a group, a family, uh, both from the community and inside church, people new to church. No, it's the first time I come This is your first time? It's the first time. Awesome. Yeah, it is the first time, so I like it. People new to worshiping God, and so I love to see people coming together. When we have a lot of people and we fellowship, we talk, we got to know people I would have never known otherwise, you know, so. And it's a good chance to talk about Jesus and ask people if they go to church and if they know me and stuff. To go from people like not knowing who we are, who are you? Now, who are you again? <laughs> what are you doing? And to say, oh, we love Grace, we love the garden. Members are always going off to pray, share what their needs are. That has also sprung into a Bible study groups and a community garden Grace group and people joining Journey and meeting for dinner, but also building community where they live. People who would otherwise be living alone without community are finding community here. Something that's been happening this last year is as people are walking by and in need or are curious about the garden. We have our Hogan Road Community Garden bags and we'll load them up with produce and donate them to the people that are in need. And especially refugees are big in our area. But we also have kind of a transient population around us that people that are here to live for a couple months and then they're moving on. And we had a family from Thailand that was new here, a family of nine. And the only one that spoke English was the middle school daughter. It was great to see the mom kind of step back and curious about us, but not knowing how to communicate and then trying to approach us and say please and thank you. It's just been wonderful to serve them for a couple months. To be able to host refugee groups in the garden would be something I, I really feel led to do in the coming years. So growing more, producing more, sharing more with neighbors and friends and donating more. Yeah, I don't have a place to plan. I, I saw this, I 
enjoying. <laughs> Thanks for being yeah, here. Bro. Yeah, you too. Have a great day, man. You too. So we are multiplying. It's like a ripple effect. So <laughs> it's all in God's timing, and I just love to watch Him work. So that's what we're here to do. Inicié el taller, como todo, inicié un taller sin, sin saber, todavía me estoy enseñando. So I started this workshop, uh, this auto shop, without really knowing what I was doing. So the first few things one says is, I can't do this, um, I don't know how, there are bills, I've got rent. This place where we're at, I've done a lot of jobs that have turned out really bad. I stayed here from 6 in the morning to 2 the next morning. And I tell myself, you know, I, I can't do this. So right here on this spot, um, when things have gone really bad or go really bad, I'll close the doors and, uh, and sometimes I'll cry and just ask God to help me. There are times I think that I'm, I'm not valuable, I'm not useful, I'm not worth anything. So about six months after I started this shop, um, I started to attend Comunidad. So the first month that I started attending Comunidad, there were complications with my dad and, and he passed away. The first things you think about is to be mad at God. So about eight months after uh, attending Comunidad, um, I received Christ into my life as my Savior. When you accept Christ and you do it wholeheartedly, God changes you. He begins this, this change. But one of the things that has stuck in my mind is when God tells Joshua to be strong and courageous. But throughout uh, these past few years, I've... I've I've trusted God. I've, I've just believed in Him. What part has Comunidad had in, in your life in this change? If I'm honest, it had a lot to do with it because it was there that I came to know Christ. I can see the difference of before and after. Even though there are times when you mess up, in situations, but there's always that uh, knowing that you're reconciled with Christ, always. When I'm working here, I'm, I'm just talking to Him in my mind. So I thank God. I see a lot of fruit in my home. My son, Christopher, has already accepted Christ. My oldest has as well. Even though the enemy will tell you you're no one and you're not important, being honest, God is always strengthening me. Never stop listening to that voice. Follow on. Follow on. Yeah. I know who I am. I know I am a child of Christ.
Awesome. Oh, it's so, so good. And I've seen that video multiple times now, those videos, and I'm just, I was struck by this as I was absorbing this with you as well, that you, there's a progression there, right? There's, there's building relationship through ministries like FPNO, Foster Parents Night Out, and then there's loving people in the community like through the community garden, and then it's eventually introducing them to Jesus and, and Jesus getting a hold of their lives and, and changing them like we see from Mariano's story. Man, I, we just want to see more and more of that, do we not? And he tells us how to do that by going to the community, by loving people. And then he says, by baptizing, teaching them to obey Jesus and to follow him and to live for him. That's all so powerful. But how do you quantify that? How do you measure that? What does the win look like for that? And there's so many ways that we could legitimately try to measure that. I mean, at the end of the day, if we want to reduce Scripture to its most basic essence of what God wants from us, it's to love Him and to love others. So, do you love God more than you did last year? Do I love people more than I did last month? Talk about hard questions to answer, hard, hard things to quantify, but, but there are some ways we can attempt to measure that, especially corporately as a church family, because one of the ways that you love other people and really that you show your love for God and, and love him is by serving other people. What did Jesus say? The son of man did not come to be served, but to serve And you as a church family serve in so many ways. And again, with everything we've been talking about, including this, it's just representative. There's so many other ways that that God is working in our church family. But think with me just for a moment that the number of ways that you serve the community and really this world. Last week, we focused on the global aspect of that. Do you remember with me, those of you who have been here for a number of years, when we used to send a short-term team out maybe once every couple years? There would be years where we wouldn't be able to send any teams out. This summer, we're sending five different teams out all over the world to serve and love people in the name of Jesus Christ. I think that's pretty cool. Vacation Bible School. We're going to open our doors this summer to about 500 kids who will come through these doors. And we're at max capacity. That's pretty much all we can handle. We've been at that capacity the last couple of years. We're trying to figure out ways we can get more kids in here. But even to do that, we'll ha- you'll see tents set up here that week out in the parking lot. Pray it doesn't rain, you know, and on it goes. 200 of you will turn out to help put that on. Students, young adults, adults will come to help serve our community. Advent Conspiracy. You know, a big piece of that is the community Christmas party that we throw for East Gresham Elementary here in our neighborhood for their faculty, staff, and the families who go there. That's about 800 people who will come through our doors for that. And again, over 200 of you will serve them and help put that on. Our children's and student ministry and our preschool nursery ministry, do you realize that through the course of a year, on Sunday mornings, as well as during the school year, during our journey program, there's teams and teams, literally hundreds of people who are serving our children, and our students all year long. And that's just some of the ways you're serving here as a church family. I think that's, that's pretty cool. But another way that we can quantify loving other people 
is where our resources go, our time, our relationships, and yes, even our stuff and our money. Do you know what topic Jesus talked about more than any other topic? Hands down, more than anything else, he talked about this as being an expression of love. And what was it? Money and stuff. Jesus talked about money and stuff more than any other issue because it reveals your heart and it reveals what you and who you love. Jesus himself said in Matthew 6, wherever your treasure is, your heart will be also. And as God's family, as God's bride, as his body, he calls us to be generous. Generosity is a measure of our maturity and, yes, how we are loving God and loving other people. Jesus himself said that. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 8, it says we shouldn't just be good at giving, we should excel at it. We should grow in it. We should be, if we're loving Jesus and following him, more generous than we were with all aspects of our life, not just our money, our time, our relationships, than we were, say, a year ago, two years ago, whatever. And there's some tangible examples of that that I want to celebrate together. Number one, we have unapologetically, with the exception of 2008, when the economy tanked and we, like everybody else, kind of went into survival mode, but other than that, unapologetically, every fiscal year, we bring you a budget increase. And we will next week, when we celebrate and, and walk through Vision Sunday together and where we seem to be going this next year. Why? Because we want to introduce more people to Jesus. We want to make more disciples for Jesus. We want to fix more brokenness in the name of Jesus and restore and redeem it. And you graciously, generously, sacrificially give here at this church. I'm not sure you fully appreciate how God is using you. So again, this is representative of some of the ways you give. Our fellowship fund, and all this is for 2016, took in over $77,000 last year. Those monies go to help people pay rent, pay medical bills, fix cars, put food on the table. And understand, all this is in addition to what you give to the mission and vision. Backpack blessings, that is captured within our budget. But some of you choose to give even beyond that specifically to Backpack Blessings, over $13,000 for that. Advent Conspiracy, over $31,000 that you give every December to that. And this is all on top of the 1.5 current million dollar budget that we have. That's $111,000 a month, $31,000 a week that you give to the mission and vision here at Grace. I'd say that's pretty generous, wouldn't you? That foster parent night out video that you just saw was profiling um, a community safety awareness day. That's why you saw the fire truck and the ambulance. We were able to give, because of your generosity, every single foster kid who showed up to that event a bike helmet to take home because you had donated that. You'll bring food and water to vacation Bible school. You bring seed for the community garden. I mean, on and on and on you give. And your giving increases and grows every year because you are growing in your discipleship and therefore you're growing in your generosity. I think that's pretty cool. I am proud of you as a church family and I count it a privilege to be able to serve and give with you. You inspire me. I hope you're inspired. I'm inspired. But you don't just, you can applaud that, but you don't just, 
You don't just give your money. You invest your lives. And that so matters because we are in a race and we want to be about handing the baton always off to those who will be coming behind us, to the next generation. And there are lives that are being changed here as a result and there are leaders who are being developed. And I thought it was so appropriate that we end our time here celebrating what God has done in the life of one particular couple in our church family. And he literally has grown up here. And now as a church family, we get to pray blessing on him and send him out in the community to to lead and shepherd at another church. So I'm going to ask Patrick and Caitlin Vestal to come on up and Matt Patrick as well. Many of you recognize and know Pat. He's a part of our preaching. Matt. Matt, Pat, what's your name? Yeah, I did. That's going to cost me a lunch. Many, many of you know uh, John here, who is, no, Matt, who is our student ministry and college um, department leader. He works directly with our students, though. And uh, I think it's significant for you to have this story told by Matt about the Vestals. So would you do that? Thank you. Yeah, this is Patrick and Caitlin Vestal. Um, and it's really an we're going to try not to get emotional. This is emotional for me because I love these guys. And uh, Patrick has served on our staff for three, maybe a little over three years as our middle school intern. I've known Patrick since he was uh, very young. And I've been fortunate and blessed to be his pastor for a lot of years now. And, and it's, so what's, what's really cool about that is it, at the end here, these last few years, um, the student has become the teacher, as they say, right? I mean, we're, we're both uh, encouraging and mentoring, and it's just a fantastic thing to see someone who God has changed this guy's heart. He called him to himself. He put a desire and a love for his word and his heart, and he's been growing. And um, I learned just as much from this guy now as, as he probably does from me. And so um, the relationship's changed, um, but I'm going to miss you, bro. Um, Patrick has been hired at Sandy Baptist. Anybody? We, we got a whoop at the first service. Um, so he's been hired at Sandy, not because he's leaving, because they like Sandy Baptist. Um, so he got hired as the, he's going to oversee all their student and children's ministry there, among other things. And um, yeah, so he's going to start, what, Monday? Pro- uh, next Monday. Next Monday. Oh, that's right. And um, so I'm just, again, it's a bittersweet I don't, we don't want him to leave. I love serving with you, brother. Okay, uh, your love for the word has, has um, shaped and influenced many students. We're going to ask the students to come up here, too. And um, Come on up, you guys. Don't be shy. Come on up here. Yeah, come on. Get up. And so um, I, I just, I love you guys. We love you guys, and we're going to um, pray for you. And fortunately, you're only up the road, so we're going to be seeing a lot of each other anyway, so... Mom Vesta is here, and you have every reason to be proud of, of your son. And uh, it's been a privilege for my family, because when we came here 12 years ago to this church, Patrick was a middle school student. And to be able to see you grow up and love God, and get married, love your wife, be a man of God, season and grow as a leader, and now to have a privilege as a church family to send you out in the community to pastor and to shepherd and lead. It doesn't get any better than that. Guys like you are why I get out of bed in the morning. And we are so excited to be able to see what God has done in your life and to celebrate that with you. And students, we love you, and we're so glad you're here to be a part of this. Would you guys gather around? Yeah, guys, come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Don't be shy. You don't have to get on the stage if you don't want to. right here. 
Yeah. Right here, buddy. <laughs> Seriously. And here is a, just Here's a small thank you that we have for the Vestals, for their ministry here, and our, just our great appreciation for them. And uh, we just want you to have this as a church family. And I'm going to steal it back from you when we're done because we have one more service to go and then you get to keep it. But would you just join me in thanking them for their ministry here? And... And we're going to ask Sean Rowley, who's one of our elders and who also serves in student ministry, to, to pray over and thank God for the Vestals. All right. Let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for, for Patrick and Caitlin. We thank you, God, for the ways you've gifted them. We thank you for how you've developed them, how you've grown them um, in you. And, and, Father, we are excited about this next season of life for them. We're excited about about the, the ways that they'll be able to minister um, up in Sandy to, to a bunch of other of our brothers and sisters in Christ and, and, and lots more who, who don't know you yet. And so, Father, we, we just thank you for them. I pray, God, that your spirit would protect them, that you would protect their marriage, that, God, you would continually call them closer to you, closer to one another. And, God, out of that, that partnership with one another and their love for you, Father, would you empower them to serve you greatly. Father, I pray that they would enjoy the blessing of see um, students and families' lives changed because of the gospel of Jesus. Father, we thank you for, um, for that. We thank you for the work that you have done and the work that you are doing in them. And God, we are excited to hear uh, reports in the future and to, and to get to continue to partner with them in some ways in doing ministry and life together. And so, Father, we just thank you for Patrick and Caitlin. God, we, we pray great blessing on them. We thank you for them. We thank you for the ways that, that they have served this body and, and these students so well. And I, God, I thank you for the ways that, that they have blessed us. And Father, we love you. We, we thank you for this. And we ask all of this in, in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, students, Matt, We're gonna just and the Vestals. Gather yeah, gather around here and worship. Would you stand with me? We have a God who is expanding his kingdom and calling people out of darkness into light and changing lives and giving hope. And we get to celebrate that this morning because he is the unstoppable God. So let's praise him and sing to him for who he is. Thank you for listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church. For more information about service times and ways to connect, visit us online at gracecc.net.